0: Thank you for today. God, thank you for the presence that's in this place today, God. Lord, we know, God, that God, our worship is not just on Sunday. God, we worship you daily. And God, if we come in on Sunday, and God, you choose to meet with us, God, it is an honor, Lord, for you to be in our midst and our presence. God, we don't want to take it for granted, God, that you are here with us. But Lord, we ask you right now to touch the rest of this service, touch the message. Lord, I pray that you touch our pastor, Lord, as he is, as he is in the role of John this morning, and he is sharing the the revelation this morning. God, please take this service. Use it as you see fit. In
1: Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Boy, it's good to be able to share once again. The final part of the revelation of Jesus Christ. So far we have covered the vision of the resurrected Lord in, in chapter number one. We have, we have covered the age of the church from chapters two and three. We, we talked about the age of grace and the time of the gospel being shared from his messengers and his evangelists and missionaries here on this earth. And we talked about the rapture of the church when Jesus comes for his own and Jesus comes to take his own to be with him. Then in Revelation 6, we found out that Jesus, Jesus begins to move on this earth. He begins to move on this planet in a different way. You see, in the age we live in today, in the age of grace... Jesus is trying to get man's attention through his preachers, through his evangelists, through his missionaries. They are standing proclaiming every Sunday. They're standing proclaiming, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around, Jesus saves. We are sharing the gospel to every creature. We are telling man that man is broken, man is a sinner, that Jesus came not to condemn man, but because man was already condemned. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. But there is coming a day when the, 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 the action will change. You see, there are still people today that will not repent. There are people today that will not heed the message. There are people today that will not trust in the Savior, no matter what has been said, no matter what has been offered, no matter what has been given. But there is coming a day when, when God will supernaturally begin to intercede in the affairs of man. And these things are called the tribulation period. A seven-year period of time of judgment falling upon this earth. Three different sets of judgment. Judgments of seven. Seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vile or bold judgments will fall upon this earth. And each one of them will become increasingly worse and worse and worse and will be magnified upon each other. And each time God is trying his best to get man's attention He's trying his best to get man to turn from his sin, to turn from his uh, fornication, to turn from his adultery, to turn from his idolatry. But once again, we see the crookedness and the wickedness of man. Man refuses to repent. Then we find the culmination of it all. God will say it is done. The final judgment will fall. The final attempt from God Almighty to get the attention of man to turn man from his own sin unto himself, and he will say, it is done. Revelation 19, we find a scene that we we saw last week, the wedding supper in heaven. We find the jubilation, we find the excitement, we find the celebration in heaven of Christ being with his church in heaven. But then a scene takes place, a glorious scene. A scene like we've never seen before. I saw heaven opened up and a white horse rider came forth. A white horse rider came in glory and splendor and honor. Now I know we've already discussed another white horse rider. In the very beginning of our study, we found when the first seal was opened, a white horse came forth. A rider who had a crown given unto him and had a bow in his hand. And we know this is the Antichrist. This is the imitation, this is the, this is the one who Satan is putting forth to this earth, trying to deceive man. He is a false Christ, he is a false hero, he is a man coming with deceitful words, a slick, smooth-talking politician who will deceive the whole world, and he will become the world's final dictator. This is the Antichrist. This is Satan's imitation of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this rider that we see, he is different than the first rider. We see he is coming and he has many crowns upon his head. He's coming not with a bow, but he's coming with a sword. He's coming with a name that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His vesture is dipped in blood. He has paid the redemption price to come and take back what the devil stole. Somebody say amen. The first time we saw Jesus coming, he did not come as a king. He did not come in royalty. He did not come with pomp and circumstance. He did not come with all that you would think he came. He came humbly. He came meek and lowly. He came without anything. The birds have their nests and the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. But he came. He came in humility He came to the lowest of the low so that anybody, whosoever will, let him come. He came in his triumphant entry in Jerusalem. We saw that he rode a humble, lowly donkey. He came to present himself as king to the nation of Israel, to Jerusalem, and they rejected him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. They rejected him as the savior and they hung him on a cross and they crucified him. They brutally, brutally treated the son of God, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He came the first time in grace. He came the first time in mercy. He came the first time in humility but this time he's coming in glory. He's coming in power. He's coming in honor. He's not coming in grace. He's coming to judge and make war in righteousness. He's coming with eyes it's a fire somebody say amen. amen this is the battle that we have heard about this is the battle in the valley that 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 even napoleon himself napoleon viewed this valley and napoleon said this is the most natural battlefield on the whole earth the valley of megidu armageddon is going to take place You see, when Jesus comes in the cloud on a white horse, he's coming back to this earth, and all the nations of the earth are going to rise up against him. The the beast, the false prophet, the Antichrist, will deceive all the nations, and they will fight against Jesus. But they will be defeated. He will destroy them with the words of his mouth. He will walk... In Jerusalem, he will come on the Mount of Olives and walk into Jerusalem, and he will take the throne of his father David. And he will rule and reign according to the very next chapter. He will rule and reign in chapter 20 for a thousand years. You see, at the beginning, of this reign, I saw God take I saw God take the devil and bind him for a thousand years. Can you imagine? A time when you don't have to be irritated by the devil? No more being tempted, no more being frustrated, no more being irritated, the devil and his associates will be bound for a thousand years. And the true king, King Jesus, will rule for a thousand years with no curse, by the way. He will rule a perfect rule. He will have a perfect kingdom. He will have every decision he makes is right. There will be no vetoes because everything he says will be right. Are y'all with me? And his people and his church will rule and reign with him physically, literally on this earth. For 1,000 years. That is the time the Old Testament prophets spoke of when the lion shall lay down by the lamb. The child shall pick up an adder. Listen, this will be a time of glory and splendor. Isaiah said he shall be called wonderful. 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 Listen, the, the, the newspapers all over the world, the, the the news reporters, all of them will come with their cameras upon him in his first press conference, and they'll say, "How is the rain going?" And everybody will say, "Wonderful." Yeah. Yeah. How is your first year in office? And everybody will say, "Wonderful, wonderful." But then I saw something most perplexing. At the end of the thousand year reign, at the end of the thousand year reign, the devil was loosed. He was turned loose for a season and he went through all of the earth. For you see, the people that were survived on earth that will survive the seven year tribulation period, they will go through that thousand year reign, the people who have believed in Christ and they will still, in, in, in their human flesh, they will reproduce and they will have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Uh, can you imagine how the population will explode with no curse and no, no, no disease for a thousand years? And the population of this planet is going to explode with people all over during the perfect reign of Christ. And Satan will be loosed. And he's going to go to all four corners of this earth and he will go deceiving here and there, deceiving people, deceiving people to turn against Christ in the reign of Christ. And if you'll allow me just a moment to step out of the character of John and be the preacher for just a minute. I didn't understand that. When I was reading that as a young child and and, 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 and thinking, all right, you had him tied up. Why'd you let him go? I mean, I mean, when 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 you have the enemy and you have him down, you don't let him go. Are y'all with me? Does everybody ever think like I do? I mean, I've got an imagination. Why are you gonna cut him loose? And then the truth is, you see, even in a perfect atmosphere mankind is crooked in the core you see today people people will try to tell you that that everybody's been everybody's born good they're just turned bad by their atmosphere everybody's born good but but you see their surroundings will either corrupt them or make them better Everybody's born good at at core, in our heart, we're born good. But you see, that's the opposite of what God says. God says we're not born good, we're born sinners. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world in John chapter 3. He said, I didn't come to condemn the world. The world's already condemned. I came that the world might be delivered. The world might be saved. And you see, there's going to be be thousands and thousands and thousands of people who will be born and will live during the millennial reign who are under a perfect atmosphere, are under a perfect government, they are under a perfect leadership, they are under a perfect king, but yet in their heart, they're still sinners. And the devil's going to be able to deceive them because you've got to understand God is going to prove God is going to prove in that time that man in his core, in his nature, he's a sinner. And every sinner needs a savior. And there will be one final rebellion at the end of the millennial reign, at the end of the thousand year reign of Christ here upon this earth. There will be one more rebellion of mankind against God and God will destroy them forever. Then I saw, I saw something that was awful. I saw a great white throne. And that great white throne and one sitting upon the throne whose whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before him. There were politicians standing here. There were preachers standing here. There were rich men standing here. There were poor men standing here. There were kings standing here. There were dictators standing before this throne. And you need to understand something. This throne is different than the judgment seat of Christ. You see, all the saved will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It's called the Bema judgment, the platform How many of y'all have ever seen the Olympics? Ever seen the Olympics? How many of y'all have seen those platforms that when they win a medal, they will go stand on that medal? That is called a Bema platform. And you see, after the rapture of the church, every saint of God will go through the Bema judgment. God will judge our works. God will judge our deeds here upon this earth. Every deed we've ever committed, everything we've ever done for God will go through the fire And and listen, when it goes through the fire, our motivation for what we did it for will be judged. And it will either come out gold, silver, precious stones, or it will come out wood, hay, and stubble. We will either receive a reward or we will suffer loss. But it will be our deeds that are judged, not our sins. My sins will not be judged. My lies will not be judged. The wickedness in my life will not be judged. It will not be judged for punishment because Jesus came. He died on a cross, and he received the punishment that I should have received. He was judged for my sin. Somebody say amen. Amen. And I will not be judged for my sin. I have already received Christ's pardon. He was judged for me. And because of that, I will stand before God and receive rewards according to my works and my good deeds for him. But at this judgment, it is so different. You see, at this judgment, I saw the dead, small, and great stand. And the books were open, And another book was open, which is the book of life. And they were judged according to the things written in the books. And whosoever's name was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You see, there's going to be a final judgment one day. And if you are saved, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, your name is in the book of life. But if you are not and you refuse, you will stand before the great white throne judgment and be judged for your sin. You see, Jesus has died and he was judged so you wouldn't have to be. But if you refuse his payment, if you refuse his pardon, then you will have to stand for your own judgment. You see, according to the Word of God, right now, Jesus is your advocate. Advocate means lawyer. He is your advocate. He is the one standing with you, for you. But if you refuse Him as your advocate, one day, He will become your judge. You see, today... He is standing in grace and mercy. But there's coming a day when he will stand in judgment and righteousness. And judge you according to your sins. And see at this judgment. All of our deeds will be judged. All of our activity will be judged. All of our behavior will be judged. And this judge will look and say, sir, ma'am. Your name is not found in the book of life because over here, according to the law, according to the law, and what is the law? It's the word of God. We will be judged according to the things that are written in the word, the, the word of God. That is the law. You say you get a ticket because the law says you're supposed to go 45 and the blue lights come like they did Thursdays. Amen. And the judge will say, you're going to receive this ticket because according to the the law, you were only supposed to be 45 miles an hour. You see, we're going to be judged according to what's in the book. We're going to be judged according to the word of God. And and the judge will say, sir, will say, ma'am, your name is not found in the book of life because over here, In the book of Romans, it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It says over here in Romans 10, 9, and 10, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sir, you never called on the Lord. You never repented of your sin. You never turned to Christ. And because of this, your name is not found in the book of life. Depart from me. And they will be cast into the lake of fire. This is another thing. As I was growing up as a kid, I didn't get. Why be judged? If the only people at this judgment will be sinners, why even be judged? Why is there a judgment? Why will they stand and judge your behavior? Why does that matter? You see, Jesus is a just god he is a righteous judge this is a white throne which represents purity in other words every person this is what the bible says every person will have their part in the lake which burneth with fire in other words all sinners who are not saved will have their part their place you see there is a list of there is a list of people that's giving in this chapter And there are people on this list that you would have put on this list. Most people would think murderers deserve to be in hell. Fornicators, idolaters, the adulteress. Most people would put those names there. But do you realize the very number one person, the very first person on the list that God made up that's going to stand before the great white throne judgment is the fearful The fearful and unbelieving, the coward who refuses to acknowledge God on this earth. Maybe they're ashamed of what their family will think. Maybe they're ashamed of what their their friends will think. Maybe they're ashamed of Jesus. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. And the very first person that's on that list is the fearful and unbelieving. And this is what the word teaches, that God is holy and righteous and just And he is fair. And no one will get more than they deserve. And no one will get less than they deserve. In other words, Charles Manson is not going to be in the same place as the good old boy who just doesn't trust Christ. The good old boy who never drank, smoked, dipped, chewed, and didn't run with those who do. You know what I'm talking about. Would do anything for you. Give you the shirt off their back. Come get you in the middle of the night if you were stuck in the mud. Do whatever. But they refused to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a good guy. But he didn't accept the salvation that God has to offer. And the one who would have been his advocate now becomes his judge. And after this, I saw a place Where God said he wipes away all tears from their eyes. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more pain. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And I saw an amazing sight. I saw a city descending out of heaven from God. A city beyond your imagination. I saw a city that was 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high, a four-square city, 1,500 miles long, a city that had 12 foundations, a city that had 12 gates of solid pearl, a city with a golden street, a city that had walls of jasper, a city that had a crystal river, a city with the tree of life. And a garden that you can't even imagine. Somebody say amen. all oh, this city was so wonderful. And it was transparent. And according to the vision that I saw, there was no sun there. There was no moon there. There were no stars there. And there was no night. Because Jesus lit up the whole place. The light of his glory It went from one end to the other end, and there was no place that you could stand. There was no place that you could go that you did not feel the presence of the glory of Jesus Christ. And there was no night. Night represents sorrow. Night represents suffering. Night represents tears. Night represents anguish. But this is a place where there is no night. It will be day. It will be light. It will be glorious forever and ever and ever and ever. There's no comparison to the light of that city. We here on earth, we experience just a small, small portion of the glory of God. We experience just a small piece of what Peter, James, and John experienced on the the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured in his glory and the light began to shine from every part of his body. And one day we'll stand in that very glory. We'll stand in that very light. And one day there'll be no sorrow. There'll be no suffering. Just the presence and the glory and the light of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. stand everyone stand everyone stand stand. come on let's praise him church give him praise give him praise my 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 (laughs) one day one day all of the suffering all of the pain all of the heartache listen all the grief everything we've suffered on this earth, one day, it's going to be over. One day, the battle is going to be done. One day, listen, we win. We win. A place of no sorrow. Paul said it this way. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time cannot even be compared With the glory, the shot—we We we can't even even fathom. Andrew, we can't even fathom or understand how great that day's going to be. When we see him, when we see him, it's going to be wonderful. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready for four or five weeks, however long we've been doing this. We've been sharing the, the book of Revelation so we could teach you And help you understand you need to be ready. You need to be ready. This is not something to be afraid of. I don't want you afraid of that because there's no need. You have an advocate. You say, should I be afraid of the judge? It depends on who your lawyer is. If Jesus is your lawyer, there'll be no judge. But if he's not your lawyer, there'll only be a judge. You know what I've heard? I've heard that if you represent yourself as a client, you have a fool for a client. And if you die without the Lord Jesus Christ, you will stand before the judge without an advocate, without a lawyer. You'll stand by yourself and represent yourself and you will have a fool for a client. You say, why is that so? Because he died so you didn't have to. How do you think the judge will feel? How do you think the judge will feel who came to this earth, became a man, left the splendor and glory of heaven and became a man, and went and suffered all the things of humanity, was betrayed by his own was beat and spit upon and had his beard plucked out of his face and had a crown of thorns driven into his skull who was nailed to a cross and was beating to the point you could not even tell he was a human. Just so you could be free. Just so you could be forgiven. And you say no. You turn your nose up at the gift that he is offering. Well, the same one that you said no to will one day be your judge? How would you like that for a judge? But see, today, we're in the age of grace. When he's calling, whosoever will. Whosoever will, let him come. The end of Revelation ends this way. Everybody gets wigged out over revelation. Oh, that's spooky. Well, the end of Revelation ends this way. Whosoever will, let him come. If you're hungry, come, I'm the bread of life. If you're thirsty, come, I'm the living water. If you're confused, come, I'm the truth. If you're dead in your spirit, come, I'm the resurrection. And today, if you will trust him, he'll save you today. I know in a crowd this size, there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. Preacher, what do I do? How do I get prepared for that day? How do I keep from him being my judge? I want him as my advocate. Here's what you do you've got to admit and acknowledge that you're a sinner. If you've ever told one little white lie, just one small, little, tiny white lie, you're a sinner. And we all have sinned. According to the word, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You must admit that you're a sinner. Number two, you must believe with all of your heart that Jesus Christ came. He was the Son of God. He died on a cross, was buried three days. He rose again to be your advocate. If you'll believe with all of your heart that Jesus died and rose again for you. Then number three, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Say, how do I do that? If you'll say, Lord, forgive me of my sin." Forgive me and save me. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you're ready to do that, you can do that right now. As every head's bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. I want to pray this prayer with you if you're ready to receive Christ. If you're ready to receive Christ in this hour, pray this prayer with me. Mean it with all of your heart. Remember, it's not what you say with your mouth, it's what you do with your heart. Dear Lord, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. And the best I know how, the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me, to save me, to change me. The best I know how, I ask the Lord to forgive me, to save me, and to change me. And right now, I'm placing my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, I'm placing my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the person of Christ. In Jesus' name is every head bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I want to pray specifically for you. Say, preacher, I prayed that prayer this morning. I believed on the Lord with all of my heart. I, I received Jesus this morning. Would you slip your hand up right where you are so I can pray for you? I see those hands in the back. I see the hands in the middle. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Say, preacher, I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer. I see that hand on the left side. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand in the back, all the way in the back. God bless you on the left side. God bless you. If you're here this morning and you prayed that prayer, I'm down on this bottom floor and I've got a little booklet. I've got a little booklet that says, I've just been saved. Now what? What do I do now? What is the next step? What is the next? What is the next thing to do? And I'd love to give you this book. It won't take five seconds if you'll just come. Just take a step. Just come and let me give you this book. And I want to pray for you specifically myself. Would you take just a moment, just step out in faith. Just take one moment and come. And I want to pray for you real quickly this morning. Would you be willing to come? Father, I pray that you'll bless all of those. Lord, all of those who have trusted in you, I pray that you'll bless all of those who have believed on you and prayed that prayer. Touch them this morning and God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing a verse of invitation, Brother Jalen. If you need to come for any reason, if you just need someone to pray with you, we've got people at this altar. Be glad to take a Bible and pray if you'd be willing to come. Won't you come? Sing it with us if you know it. Sing it loud.
0: So I will lay
1: down. Lay your burden. Lay, you down lay your problems. Lay your sorrows, lay your cares, all of those things that's broken your heart. How you do? Sister, did you pray that prayer? My heart, and
0: Lord, you know my need. Every step that I take Lord I feel the weight Of every burden on me So I will lay down At the altar I'll lay down At your feet Cause I for mercy
1: it's God speaking to your heart won't you come and I am desperate Hallelujah. for peace Jeff Okay. and you're the
0: one who is holy
1: and I'm, I'm the one God who's in need so, so I, I will, will God speaking to your heart, come on. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. We're not gonna put it off anymore. If God is speaking to your heart, you come on. You come on.
0: Lord
1: Lord, touch when
0: you are everything, and though I cannot be sure. That my gift would be pure and be fit for a king, I will lay down at the altar, I'll lay down at your feet because I am desperate for.
1: I am desperate for peace. If God is speaking to your heart, I wouldn't put it off. Oh, no, no, no. This is not something to put off. This is not something to procrastinate. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. The step of faith you take with Him. All trusting. I'll lay it down at the altar. Go ahead, Buchanan. Is God speaking to your heart? The Holy Spirit's moving in this place. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Won't you trust Him? Are you desperate? Do you need relief? Do you need peace in your heart? Are you tired of fighting it? You tired of being frustrated? Won't you trust Him? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Touch him, Lord. So I will lay it down. Lay it down at the altar. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll touch those who are in need. Lord, I pray right now, we're not going to drag any invitation out, but God, I want everybody to get what they came to get. Lord, whatever they need, I pray that they'll find it. If it's an emotional help, if it's a spiritual touch, whatever that might be, I pray, God, that your touch will be felt. Lord, we're going to sing this verse of invitation, and I pray for that one that's just holding on. Lord, I'm praying for that one that's like the first one on the list. It's just fearful. It's just afraid to let go. I pray that you will give them supernatural courage in this verse. I pray that they'll take that step that, Lord, they know in their heart they need to take. I pray your will be done. Move in this verse, and we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sing on. It doesn't
0: matter who you are, it doesn't matter where
1: you've been. Isn't that great? It doesn't matter matter your past. Doesn't matter where you've been, Jesus is calling you. He loves you right where you are. Would you trust him? And Because of where he, Amen. Has been,
0: because of what he's done, you can start all over again. again. Oh, it doesn't matter who you are.
1: Yes, Lord.
0: It doesn't matter It doesn't matter what you've done Jesus is softly calling But because of who he is And because of where he's been Because of what he's done
1: You can start all over again Can we give God praise and glory? Come on. Come on. He's worthy. Amen. How many of y'all are glad Mr. Jeff Bates is coming, joining up with Temple Baptist Church? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Amen. Hallelujah. At this time, we're going to take up our tithes and our offerings. This is when we give back to God, as God has been given and good to us. And if you're a first-time attendee, you're not obligated to this. We do this to be a blessing to you. Uh, but all the rest of us, let's do and be obedient to God as God has commanded us to and, 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 and be faithful in this area of worship. Father, thank you, Lord, for your touch, your blessings, your kindness, and your goodness. I pray that you'll bless this offering use it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right.
0: Well, I heard an old, old story of how a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. and heal my broken spirit and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory and no victory in Jesus